Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Penguins Lunch, brought to you as always by InsideThePenguins.com. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, as always, and this week I'm joined by a very special guest, somebody that goes way back with me, my good friend, Doug Gladkey. I was getting ready and and putting up all of the, the promotional stuff together this morning, and I said, I forgot, I'm on Doug's freaking profile picture, and I have been since 2017 when the Penguins last won the Stanley Cup which I absolutely love it. I hate the beard that I'm rocking in that picture, but nonetheless, and the, the random blue shoes with the black and gold, everything else. But nonetheless, Doug of Four Checking TV, heading into season number two. Thank you for joining me here on Penguins Lunch. Thanks for having me, man. And trust me, with that picture, I kind of hate it too, because I'm the <laughs> only person in that photo that's like death glared, locked in, ready for game one of the Stanley Cup final. Everybody else is just happy to be there. You're like, no, we're here on a business trip. We yes, got some stuff exactly. to get done. We got like, we got to get that game one victory over the Nashville Predators. This is this is a mission. This solidifies Sid's legacy. Let's go. Like that's what it was at that time. Well, it's funny that you say that, and I, I know that you have watched this show a couple times. So I'm gonna belay that first question that I always ask. You mentioned Sid's legacy. What to you would Stanley Cup number four mean for Sidney Crosby? Let's start out hot right with that question. Stanley Cup number four, not even just for Sid, but for him. Gino and Chris Letang, man, that would be, that would be something like I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it right now. I think that if they were each all to run it back one final time and get one more during this little window they have with all of them under contract for the next few years, that would mean, that would mean the world to me. And I think it would mean the world to the city. Um, It would be one hell of a way to cap off this near two decade adventure we've been on with Mm -hmm three of the best players in the world. Yeah. And when you look at that as well, it would mean Stanley cup number six for the Pittsburgh Penguins as a whole, which would be the most of any non-original six team. And it would also mean Sidney Crosby ties Wayne Gretzky in total Stanley cups, which is also huge. And the one thing I wrote a story about it for inside the penguins.com. You can go check that out. Sidney Crosby trying to get his fourth Stanley cup. The one interesting tidbit that I had in there that I just keep thinking of, is the 2016 Cup was seven years after the 2009 Cup. We are now six years past the 2017 Cup. So it is almost as long in this gap as it has been between that 2009 and 2016, which seemed like an eternity. So I think the Penguins are past due. But let's get to going with the most important question of this show every other week. Doug, I know you you love the food spots in Pittsburgh, but which one is your favorite for lunch? My go-to food spot in Pittsburgh right now is Given to Fly, the uh, Nashville oh. Hot Chicken Restaurant in mm-hmm. Federal Galley. Um, I went there for – I didn't get lunch last time, but I went there for brunch a couple weeks ago before the Steelers preseason game, and it's just – it's incredible, man. Like, mm-hmm. 
the food is amazing. The atmosphere is great. And that's my go-to spot anytime I'm in the city with somebody who's willing to be adventurous enough to eat some hot chicken. Here's the thing. I love hot chicken, like especially Nashville hot chicken. And it feels like it came out of nowhere. Like it feels like Nashville hot chicken went from this is a thing that KFC does and they do okay to now we have whole restaurants. There's a restaurant down here in Virginia that was a sub shop turned into a Nashville hot chicken shop and then turned back into a sub shop and now is back into a Nashville. Like they can't figure it out. But the point being Nashville hot chicken is just skyrocketing. And, and you know, was it born to fly? Given to fly. Given to fly. That's right. I mean, that I've seen it on social media all over the place. I still haven't had the opportunity to check it out. So given to fly in, where did you say it was? It's in Federal Galley in Pittsburgh. It's up past um, the stadiums and stuff okay. near, uh, yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm going to have to check that out. I'll be in Pittsburgh this weekend, but I don't know if I'll be able to get downtown because I'll be there for Pittsburgh Penguins training camp which is starting tomorrow. So very excited about that. And with that, that means it is the official end of the NHL offseason. And with that comes also grades for general managers. How would you grade Ron Hextall this offseason, Doug? Honestly, man, I think it's hard not to give him like a solid B. I mean, he brought the core back in. He got Ricard Raquel locked up. I mean, all on very reasonable contracts and very reasonable AAVs. Mm -hmm. You know, the... The only real thing that I wish that he would have been able to do that he was unable to do was bring back Evan Rodriguez, but that is what that is. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll, they'll be able to figure that out and solve that role for itself soon enough in training camp. But, you know, it would have been nice to have Erod back as that winger and that fifth center option, because we all, I think we're all kind of worried about the traction on Jeff Carter's body at this point. And if an injury were to occur to Crosby or Malkin, I don't want Jeff Carter to go up into top six minutes because I don't want him to get burnt out in the second half of the year like he was last year mm -hmm. because that was rough, man. Yeah, it feels like there is a big gamble being made by the Pittsburgh Penguins that Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, two older gentlemen at this stage of their careers, do stay healthy because, you know, Carter, for what it's worth, there was a couple of games last year when he was up into that role that he looked pretty good. But as you mentioned, what is the traction? How long can he stay healthy like that? That's the biggest question to me. And whenever I look at the Evan Rodriguez situation, obviously a great deal for the Colorado Avalanche if he can perform the way that he was able to perform last year with the Pittsburgh Penguins. But what I think a lot of people are forgetting, and I'm going to start this by saying I really did enjoy watching Evan Rodriguez. I would have loved to see him back on this team, but I think a lot of people are forgetting what exactly Evan Rodriguez was which was a player that vastly overperformed last season. And you don't want to give him the $3 million. I understand you could have given it to him instead of Kapanen, but you're betting on the higher floor. And I think there is a lower floor. And we saw that from Evan Rodriguez. So I congratulate him, but I, I also understand Ron Hextall's point in not bringing him back for, for the $2 million price. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the whole thing with Rodriguez is it's, it's kind of like the complete opposite of where we were at with Jared McCann last offseason, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we all had this weird feeling that McCann was going to break out. The data was there. Everything was there. But as with Rodriguez, it's like great piece, great utility guy. But could he ever replicate what he did in the first half last year? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, and he had, what, 30 points in the first 33 games, and he finished right. with something around 43 points. It was it was a really bad second half. I think people forget how bad he was at points, especially because once the playoffs came around, 
he was right back to being the Evan Rodriguez that started the season, which changes everybody's perception heading into the offseason. We have a couple of people, obviously, that we love in the comment section. Brandon is here every other week commenting. Thank you, Brandon. He says, Nick, I'd say he's more like a C. Only thing I have concerns about is how he'll get the cap compliance before the start of the season. Brandon, I don't think you have to worry about that nearly as much because it's $1.5 million. They're over the, the roster if you're looking at capfriendly.com right now. They're over the roster limit, so they have to send somebody down anyway, which means they're just going to basically have to pay you with 22 instead of 23 players on their roster to start the year, and then they can figure things out from there. Yeah, I think, honestly, I'm not really worried about the cap crunch, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, somebody will go down. Yeah. Or a couple guys will go down. You know, I think a big, I think a prime candidate for that might be Josh Archibald. I know he got a one-way. Mm-hmm. But that nine hundred thousand dollar cap, it would be a lot easier to solve this issue than not, you know. And I just honestly, like, no offense to the guy, but I just feel like there's a lot better options internally mm-hmm. than sticking Josh Archibald on the fourth line with Brock McGinn and Teddy Bluger. And this is a rabbit hole I don't want to go down. But if you send Josh Archibald down before rosters have to be finalized, you don't have to worry about waivers. And right. this new ownership group has money to spend. So if you're going to say, mm-hmm. hey. We're going to send Josh Archibald down. You're going to have to pay him 900000 to play in the minors. Fenway Sports Group's going to be like, that's a pennies. Like, just make sure the best team is on the ice. We want to win championships if you're Fenway Sports Group. So thank you, Brandon, for submitting that. Hunter Hody's a good friend to both of us, says two of my favorite peeps right here. We got a shout out, Hunter. He did shave off that beautiful flow that he had in Aruba, but we're going to have to try to get him onto a, a show without a hat on to see what that haircut looks like. But Dougie, let's continue here with this Penguins talk. The next question I have for you is when you look at this Penguins team, what do they need to improve upon since last season? What's something that you want to see them get better at heading into 2022-23? I really just think it's staying healthy and then consistency in the depth scoring department. You Mm -hmm. know, like they need more from Kapanen. and they need him to be able to not fall into these major slumps that he was falling into last year. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we've seen the best of Brock McGinn yet. You know, I think that he can put up some points while still being a good defensive presence. And, you know, I feel like if Jason Zucker's healthy, those questions about production take care of themselves just because of the type of player that he is and how and the talent level that he possesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I agree with Brock McGinn's your statement on Brock McGinn. I did a piece on him way back, like during during the start of free agency, basically saying we have not seen Brock McGinn at his best since the very, very beginning of last season. And when you look at what happened to him, he got COVID. He had the the layoff like everybody else. He got injured, then missed a month. You saw that his numbers weren't broken up. That was the issue. He couldn't get consistent playing time because he was in, he was out of the lineup, and it took him a while to get back on his feet, and he never really did at the end of last season. I want to see what happens if he's able to specifically to stay healthy, and, and, and that is always the biggest question for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Knock on wood. This year doesn't end up being that way, but knowing the Pittsburgh Penguins, knowing what ends up always happening to this unit, that's something that they're going to have to be built to to deal with. And Mike Sullivan is a great coach that usually deals with it well, gets this team to the playoffs. And if they can be healthy going into the playoffs, that's that's what's vastly important to me. But when I look at the, the biggest area of improvement, we don't have to get too deep into it. I need that power play. I need that power play to be better. I mean, I know they finished, what, 19th last year? That's simply not good enough. Now, I understand 
Evgeny Malkin is the heartbeat of that power play at points. And he missed 41 games last year. Like, I understand that that's going to make things difficult. But even without Malkin, you have Chris Letang, you have Sidney Crosby, you have one of the top 40 players in the NHL, according to NHL Network, in Jake Gensel sitting down there in front of the net. You need to be able to be better, at least top 15. Like, I don't feel like that's too much to ask. I, I agree. And I, I think that that will solve itself as well with Malkin coming in with fresh legs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the hope is that he really kicks it up this year whenever he's fully healthy. Because honestly, this might be the best. I mean, there's potential for this to be the best version of Evgeny Malkin we've seen since he put up 90 something points playing with Phil Castle in 2018. I feel like that is the last time he truly was healthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because of that, I think we're going to see a potential monstrous year from Malkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I've already put out the, my way too early predictions back in July. I said, you know, he's going to lead this team in goals. I, I think he will. And I think Jake Gensel is going to score 40 goals, which means I think Evgeny Malkin is going to have an absolutely monstrous season. And, and again, they have to stay healthy for that to happen. That's always the caveat. We all know that, that that can be an issue for Evgeny Malkin in the regular season. But I think he'll be that good. And even if he's not and he misses some time in the season, if, as long as he's healthy for the playoffs – that's all I give. That's all I care about. That's all right. I care about. Just get healthy for the playoffs and make the postseason, and then you go to work. Uh, but what I want to ask about here, because I know you have very, very staunch opinions on what I would call the lower second tier forwards for the Pittsburgh Penguins, because the top tier is Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel. Then I would say right. there's a tier of Brian Russ. Like, I, I don't think he's quite lower second tier where these other guys are, but I wouldn't quite put him with Gensel, Malkin, Crosby. And yes. then there's this next tier of four guys that I want to ask you about. Kasperi Kapanen, Jason Zucker, Danton Heinen, and Ricard Raquel. Which do you see having the best season? Definitely Raquel. Um, but I also don't, I, w- I also wouldn't put it past Kapanen either. Um, mm. Meanwhile, although Kapanen's offensive numbers were in the crapper last year, I think we all discovered from a metrics perspective that he is capable of playing a 200-foot game mm-hmm. and being defensively responsible in his own end. So mm-hmm. I feel like if Mike Sullivan's able to use him to his strengths, potentially you know, throwing him on the penalty kill, like we've all been talking about since he was in Toronto, yeah, that will set up for him to be a more complete player and be a more impact player on this team. But really, man, I think, you know, the obvious answer is Ricard Raquel. I think that he, I'm very interested to see what he can do over a full year and a full sample size. Um, whenever we were talking about Malkin, I was actually going to say, I really think a world exists where him, where Malkin and Ricard Raquel score 25 to 30 apiece playing together on, on the second line. Mm. Yeah. I don't think the Penguins would be upset about that at all. I think that would be best case scenario for them, considering Sidney Crosby, no matter who you put on his line, is going to score 20, 20 goals. We saw we saw that last year. We saw that the year prior. You know, Jake Gensel is a perennial 30, potential 40 every season goal scorer. Brian Russ at some point has got to get over that 30 goal mark, right? I'm, you, you, you're hoping. I, I would <laughs> love to see it, man. Um, you know, and another one I want to touch on real quick is don't put it past Danton Heinen to score 20 goals. Yeah, he was, he was pretty a, damn close last year. 
I really think that there's potential for him to take a step forward because not only is he back in a system where he's comfortable, he also has to bet on himself to get absolutely freaking paid next summer. That's true. And I I feel like after year one with Dayton Heinen and Mike Sullivan, it was a little rocky there Uh, for for moments. He was in the doghouse for a solid two weeks during the season last year where he, a couple of games, he only had four minutes of playing time. But I feel like when, when Heinen comes in, we've seen him be just a really good scorer at five on five. And that's something that the Pittsburgh Penguins, you mentioned earlier, they -hmm. need consistent depth scoring. And that's what Heinen brought last season. If he's able to do that in a third line role, Maybe even a second line role. Like I wouldn't hate to yeah. see Dan Heinen on that wing with Malkin again. I know it didn't work very well last season and the short sample size that we saw. That's when he got put in the doghouse was because of poor defensive play on Malkin's wing. But I really feel like if given a little bit more time, and that's what you have now. You have an 82-game slate right now to figure things out. And I know mm-hmm. you don't want to mess around too much with that. But when you have guys as good as Malkin and Crosby in the middle – you can experiment a little bit on the wings. I wouldn't go as crazy as they have the past couple of seasons at some points, but you do have some time to experiment, and I wouldn't mind seeing Heinen in that role. I agree with you, and I think another big reason we didn't even touch on is Dan Heinen and Ricard Raquel played together a lot in Anaheim on the same line. They did. Which leads me to believe that there is some chemistry there to help Evgeny Malkin even more, in my opinion. Which is interesting because uh, that leaves, I- I'm just assuming you're going to put Gensel and Rust on that first line then, but that leaves Jason Zucker and Kasperi Kapanen as your as your third line wingers, which if they're performing to the, the top of their ability, that's two second liners on your third line. Exactly. You know, and if they both play well, that's going to be enough to keep Jeff Carter going for an extended period of time mm-hmm. where he will probably perform above expectations for a 25 to 30 game sample size. That could be the key to unlocking Jeff Carter, especially considering how well those two perform Zucker on, on the four check and back check and Kapanen just in all zones without the yes. puck is, is pretty good as well. So it might take a little bit of the pressure off of a guy like Jeff Carter to play defensive hockey and let him focus in on the offensive side of the puck, mm-hmm. which is let's be honest. It's what you want Jeff Carter to be focusing in on because he's great in the face off dot. That's one thing we we never questioned how good he is in the faceoff dot. But uh, the one thing is, can he get back? Can he use his legs for the 200-foot game? That's always going to be the question, especially when you have a guy over the age of 35 who isn't an absolute mutant like Crosby, like Latang, like Evgeny Malkin. But I do have one more question for you before we hit the quick dishes. Again, we're talking to Doug Gladkey of Four Checking TV, heading into season number two for Four Checking TV. I'll be excited to follow along all year long. But before we get the quick dishes, Doug, do you think we see either Sam Poulin or Valtteri Pustinen play significant time at the NHL level this season? Only if there's injuries, I feel like. Mm. You know, especially especially with Poland, I think that they both need more time in Wilkes-Barre. Though I do agree Pustinen is more ready to go, it's just there's no role for him. You know, if, you, if you're going to call Valtteri Pustinen, you probably want him in a third-line scoring role, but there's no, no spots for him, you know? Like, I, I was thinking of Pustinen as an ideal guy to potentially replace Danton Heinen if he were to leave the free agency, but mm-hmm. that's not the case. Um, in terms of guys from Wilkes-Barre that I think we might see early on, you know, Redeem Zahorn is there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he might potentially be the 13th forward if something happens with Ryan Paling. And 
you know, I think Philip Hollander and Alex Nylander are like one A, one B in terms of guys who are going to get cracks early on if they need if they need reinforcements due to injury. Mm. It, it's interesting because Pustinen, we saw one game last season at the NHL level, and he just absolutely tore up the AHL level. Poulan, right. we saw turn it around last year. We saw him perform really well over the weekend at the Prospects Challenge game, the only one the Penguins played in. We've seen him perform so far in rookie camp. We're going to see what he's able to do in training camp, but if he is closer to being ready, it just, to me, it brings up the question, why Josh Archibald and why Drake Kajula? Because you mentioned everybody except for those two guys. Like, And that's the thing. Yeah. There's options. You know, Alex Nylander, somebody they brought in last season to try to get him to reset. And I think he did. Mm-hmm. He played really well in Wilkes-Barre. We have yet to see him in a Pittsburgh Penguins uniform, but that's an option down there. You mentioned Zahorna. We mentioned Drew O'Connor. You mentioned Ryan Paling. So there's a lot of names here. I'm not necessarily sure why Josh Archibald and Drake Kajula were brought in. Just, I guess, maybe as a stopgap or maybe as a plan B if some of these younger guys are not ready for the NHL level. I also think it just was a plan B in terms of if they needed to move out a contract or Hmm. if they weren't able to bring back Heinen or if Kapanen's RFA negotiation went sideways. Because early on in free agency, Nick, you you remember, we had the core side, but we had to figure out what the reinforcements were going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the core intact, you retooled the defense a little bit. But I just want to preface this. I'm very interested in Drake Kajula just simply because I want to see what he can do in a very good structured Mike Sullivan system. Mm. You know, I feel like he's never really had a good opportunity to play under a good head coach. I mean, if you think about all the teams that he's played on, you can make the argument that the best stretch of coaching that he's had was Don Granado in the second half of last year in Buffalo. And he was injured. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So technically, that's a moot point. But um, I really think that he could be a really good fourth line depth option for them if things work out but granted i think you already know in my head that i want the fourth line to open the year being drew o'connor teddy bluger and brock mcginn yes yeah i i concur like either that or paling you know i'm fine with paling in instead of like i love drew o'connor but i want to see what ryan paling's able to do not on the montreal canadians i also think that you know, it might be O'Connor to start and then Paling takes over at some point in the year because I feel like Paling is going to need time in practices, working with Ty Hennis, mm-hmm. working with the coaching staff, getting more adjusted to the way the Penguins do things mm-hmm. just because of how rough things were in Montreal. Yeah. You know, I think there needs to be an element of patience with him and not not as much of a throwing him into the fire right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I think the one thing that I look at when I when you look at the bottom six, you mentioned, and com- I completely forgot about this, what the, what the bottom six looked like after the first week of free agency. It was Teddy Bluger, Brock McGinn, Jeff Carter, and nothingness. Like, you could say Drew yes. O'Connor, but there was still a question about, okay, well, he's not going to be a third liner. So you need two third line wingers, which were not, you know, they were a lot on the market, but were not signing for, for cheap. So... I think the Penguins, and to, to kind of bring it back to the first thing we talked about, I think Ron Hextall did a good job with, with stuff like that. And I won't get into it now, but I think probably the worst thing that he did all summer was signing Raquel to that deal. Not because of the player, 
but because of the deal we can get we can get like i'll let you respond to that because that's a pretty that's a pretty big thing to just say and not allow you to respond but i think that's just a long time for a guy that only played however many games in your system and looked good but six years is a lot well that and in my opinion the cap money you know because it got to the point where later in free agency these mid-tier guys were going for like two three million Mm-hmm. I think Raquel easily could have been in that echelon of players. And, you know, from a long-term perspective, it's kind of mm-hmm. rough because this, this off season, you're going to have Jason Zucker and Brian Dumoulin coming off the books. Mm-hmm. And if you would have short-termed it with somebody like Sonny Milano or bringing Evan Rodriguez back, you could have very easily went into free agency signing whoever the hell you wanted mm-hmm. with the cap space you would have had. But don't get me wrong. I'm very glad Raquel's back. I like him as a player. I mean, you know that I've wanted the Penguins to trade for him for years. Yes. So I think, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't disagree with that statement at all. But, you know, it's also going to be one of those things where it's on Raquel now to play up to that contract. All righty. Well, I think you know what time it is, Doug. It's time for quick. I need to get like a video thing so I can quick dishes or something like that. But but we're... Go ahead. We need like an animated PNG of you just like throwing plates. Just just tossing plates. That's the yes. Greek in me. Opa! You know, that's what we like need to get golf. going. It, exactly. Like disc golf. I used to play Ultimate Frisbee, so perfect. We can yeah. get it. I'll, yeah. I'll work on that. I'll, I'll get to the creative department, which is just me with another hat on. <laughs> and, and we'll talk about getting that going. But no, nonetheless, right. let's do some quick dishes, Doug. Are you ready? Let's do it. First thing I'm going to ask you. Better fall holiday, Halloween or Thanksgiving? I'm always a big Thanksgiving guy. Mm-hmm. Never, never was a Halloween person. I'm, I'm a big baby man. Terrified of scary movies. <laughs> um, don't really like dressing up for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, just never was my thing. I'm more of a Thanksgiving guy. I like the whole getting the family together, eating some food, watching some football, and just hanging out. I concur. I, I think, and I'll say this because I'm going to ask this question probably for the next three or four episodes. I'm going to say the same thing. Halloween is St. Patrick's Day with costumes. That's that's all it is. It's an excuse yes, to go get drunk like in a costume instead of putting on stuff that's green. That's that's basically yeah. what it is. And Thanksgiving, you get some of the best food that you're going to eat all year. And you know, anytime you do a Thanksgiving dinner in the middle of the year, it just doesn't hit the same as it does no, exactly. on that day when you're watching the Lions get the crap kicked out of them or the Cowboys get the crap kicked out of them. Or whatever the night game ends up being. I, I still like the, the old thing where it was just the two games. But I digress on that point. Next question, Dougie. What position would you play if you were to make it to the National Hockey League? I think we all know that I would probably be a fourth-line enforcer. Mostly because I can't skate. I'm not <laughs> mobile at all. And I'm just a big guy. Hey, listen. That's the role I played in high school. You know, Which... <laughs> I mean, I could skate, but I couldn't stop very well. That was the issue. I was like the guy from the Mighty Ducks. Couldn't really, couldn't really stop, but used usually used the opponent to stop, which helped. It made me look like I was an enforcer, but really, I just body checked people to stop my own progress. You could kill penalty those. Can kill penalties though, man. That's all about it. <laughs> I, so. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tooled player in the bottom half. All right. Yes. Just a glue guy. That, that, that's what we'll say. Yes. Not good is the other thing that we could call me. But uh, what is your favorite streaming service? Do you have one? That's a tough question. So like, listen, I'm in terms of the family in France, I'm like the kid who has the, all the streaming services, like they're the infinity stones. Mm -hmm. This is a weird one. My favorite streaming service right now is MLB TV. Oh, I 
got the subscription for it. I love being able to watch whatever baseball game I want. Mm-hmm. And but in terms of like mainstream one, big Disney Plus guy. I yeah. you know, big you know, I'm big into the MCU, watch all mm-hmm. the Marvel shows and just kind of chill out and do that. All right. Well, secondary subliminary question to that. What is your favorite TV show of all time? TV show of all time? Mm-hmm. Probably One Tree Hill, man. Like Really? I, yeah, I know. That's a curveball, right? A little but bit, I, yeah. I binged the crap out of that. I've watched that the whole way through probably like three or four different times mm-hmm. since my junior year of high school, and I'm just like hooked on it. Hey, sometimes that happens, you know, just the the show that you like. I know me and my fiance right now, we're watching through This Is Us again. Like that was a show we watched. That's one of the few shows that I have watched weekly episodic in the last six years. It ended. So now we're watching through it. It's just something where you can watch it as many times as you want and people can say what they want about the show, but you just can't get enough of it. So that's One Tree Hill for you. This Is Us for me. there you go. And now I will say I have started watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, just oh, chef's kiss. I, I've not watched it before. It's mm-hmm. hysterical. You've, wait, this is the first time you've watched? Okay. First well, time, we, don't, man. we don't need to get into it too much, but oh, it, it is a great show. It is, that, is, yes. that is a fantastic show. Yes. Definitely. I love it. Maybe maybe we can go to the best sitcoms when we get off the call because yeah. I, I, love, I love It's Always Sunny, but there's a couple other ones that I just absolutely yeah. love to watch. And so let's let's keep it moving here. I'm getting off track. Other than the Pittsburgh Penguins, who is your favorite team to watch? I think I know the answer to this one. Well, obviously the Leafs. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy watching me some Western Conference hockey, man. Mm-hmm. I love watching the Kings. Love watching Trevor Zegers do his thing in Anaheim. Yeah, and you know, I'm gonna keep an eye on Colorado this year because that team is loaded again. And they just keep finding ways to get better when it seems like they don't have the cap space to get it done. Mm -hmm. So I'm very, very interested to see Colorado this year. And, you know, I mean, honestly, man, I'll watch, I'll put any hockey game on. Like that's where I'm at with it. Like I'll just watch whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's what you mentioned MLB TV. That's, that's the way I am with ESPN plus last year was a revelation. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's nice. It's nice to do. It. I like to do the four box, almost like it's red zone, and just mm-hmm. watch all the best games of the night. Um, so yeah, yeah I concur though. Like the, the Colorado Avalanche always going to be entertaining. The Toronto Maple Leafs always going to be entertaining. One team that I'm going to watch this year, and I'm going to mention it on every single podcast that I do when I, I talk about this. I'm interested to see if they get good goaltending. What do the Seattle Kraken look like in year two? Because they got a whole bunch of, I guess the word is mid. I don't. I hate using it. So middle tier players that have high ceilings potentially like all, all yes. of these guys like Bjorkstrand, like, you know, Jared McCann, like Jordan Eberly, no real marketable superstar, but they do also have Matty Beneers and Shane Wright. And I would right. love to see both of those guys for 82 games this season. Plus if both of them play a full year, oh. it's going to be very interesting to see how that whole thing shakes out and shapes up. Mm-hmm. They, cer- they certainly have enough capable scoring wingers, but it's just a matter of who can go out there and pot 30 goals. That's a question yeah. that I don't have the answer to. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how that whole thing shakes out. And I'm, I'm curious to see if Jared McCann's able to keep putting up numbers as that team gets more and more built around everybody. Yeah. 
that that's, that's going to be something to keep an eye on, especially for Penguins fans. I feel like Penguins fans, more than other fan bases, enjoy tracking the success of their former players on other teams. I don't know why, but yeah. and usually it's to come back and throw it in people's faces and be like, told you I should have kept them, but, you know, that happens. There's still people, I, I still have people saying, you know, Derek Broussard would have worked out in Pittsburgh. I'm like, no, just stop talking to me. But uh, again, I digress on that point. Um, to finish the show off, because I'm, I'm taking it off the rails. It's all my fault. I'm sorry, Dougie. But uh, which would you rather do, golf with Mario Lemieux or fish with Sidney Crosby? I'm taking fishing with Sid. Um, okay. Just be able to, like, talk to him and, like, hear some stories, you know. Um, I'm not a good golfer at all, and I think it would be so bad to the point that I would start making Mario mad. Mm. And I don't want I don't want that on my conscience. But, you know, just really just to hear some of the Sid stories. I mean – We've we've seen this the interview that he did with Spit and Chicklets with mm-hmm. like all the old early years penguin stories and it's like I just want to hear it from beginning to end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like there's so much that we don't know um, about him and like about things that went on in the locker room and you know which is crazy because like I feel like Sid has been such a huge part of you and I's life. Oh, yeah. you know. Like it's almost like we grew up with Sid. Yeah, it it, it kind of feels that way, and I feel like it felt that way for for Ben Roethlisberger, for those who are right. Steelers fans that are around our age. You just watched up, you woke. Wow, you grew up watching these certain players, and it's just weird to think of if they're going to be gone. Like when Sid said in a story that my good buddy Nick Horwat wrote, you know, is he going to be done in three years? He's gonna he's gonna reevaluate after that. I don't want to see that. Like, I can't imagine a, a post-career Sidney Crosby Pittsburgh Penguins team. I don't want to think about that because I love covering this team with Sidney Crosby on it. And the fact that I've only had three years to this point to cover it, I want more. I, I, I really want more. But uh, the last thing I'm going to ask you, Dougie, because I, we've gone over the allotted time that I usually uh, force people to sit down and talk with me on Wednesdays. So I appreciate you hanging on here. Last question does Richland High School produce the best Penguins podcasters in the world? Yes or no? I feel like the answer is obvious because they've pr- produced two of them. <laughs> I don't, like, I don't know anybody else uh, that does it, but I know, I know there's two good ones that are on this stream right the, now. I and, the, and I'm probably the, the second best. Are there. Yeah, the, the statistics are there. Numbers, numbers don't lie. The analytics are on school. our side. It's a football school and it's a Penguins podcaster school. I don't know how that happened, but here we are. Well, all props to Mr. Bailey for for, <laughs> for grooming some of the best podcasters for the Pittsburgh Penguins that the world can make. But Dougie, thank you so much for joining me on Penguins Lunch this week. Let the people know where they can find you and what you got coming up when they can expect to see the next Four Checking TV. All right. So follow me on Twitter at Doug underscore Gladkey and then follow Four Checking TV on Twitter at Four Checking TV. As for when you'll see us again, probably some point in the next week or so. Um, I finally gotten myself to the point where I'm ready to start making content again. Scotty settled into his new job, and we're we're just ready to rock and roll and work um, within our schedules because we're both going to be working schedules of absolute madmen. So <laughs> there you go. Welcome to the life of somebody that creates content. It's never it's never easy. It's never relaxed. It's always. Got to get on, got to do this, got to go do something else. So I, I appreciate yes. you, like I said, giving me a little bit of your time 
this afternoon. That is Doug Gladkey of Forechecking TV. This has been Penguins Lunch. We will be back in two weeks, closer and closer to the start of the NHL season. Thanks, guys.